0: Welcome to episode 41 of the 24-Hour Hustle Show, and today we got special guest, executive director and co-founder of Hope for Tomorrow, Keisha Gomez. Welcome to the 24-Hour Hustle Show. I'm your host, Anthony Freeze, and this is the show where we get the opportunity to sit down with amazing, accomplished guests and get the chance to hear about their stories, their struggles, and also their 24 hours. If this is the very first time you are learning about us, definitely make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you hit notifications so you should get these notifications every single Friday at 12 p.m. But today, we got special guest, Keisha Gomez on here. You've been... Highly nominated on here. I've had like four or five people say, you need to get Keisha on like yesterday. Okay. Like seriously. So if you nominated her, you, you better be watching this episode right now. So I'm talking to y'all. Seriously. So we definitely got a chance to, to connect over a cup of coffee. I definitely love the conversation. Be able to connect with another like-minded person trying to do some positive things in the city of Pittsburgh. And you are definitely doing it for sure, so I'm definitely glad to have you on the show, so welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Um, Pleasure to be here. Appreciate Mm
0: -hmm. it. Awesome. So for those who may not know who you are yet, which I would be surprised (laughs) in Pittsburgh, um, but uh, for those who may not know who you are yet, um, give us uh, your, you know, the the business that you do, well, the nonprofit that you do right now, and some of the things that inspired you in, in, in doing that.
1: Right. Okay. So like you said, my name's Keisha Gomez. I am the Executive Director of Hope for Tomorrow and the co-founder, along with my husband, John Paul Gomez. Um, Hope for Tomorrow is a nonprofit organization that's based out of the West End of Pittsburgh. And HOPE stands for Helping Ourselves Produce Excellence. Oh, I
0: didn't know that when we sat down. Oh, yeah, That's good. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome.
1: Yes, Helping Ourselves Produce Excellence. And that's what we're trying to do in our community. Um, We work with the youth and families in the West End. um, And, yeah that's who I am.
0: Well, that is good stuff. So yeah, let's, uh, I, I like to always get into the origin stories, figure out, you know, your background, your mindset, what are some of the things that influenced you? So, you know, take us through your story of like where you grew up and things like that, because you're actually not originally from Pittsburgh. No, I'm not. So yeah, so give us your story for people who may not know.
1: Okay, so I'm actually a first generation American. My family is from Jamaica, so I was raised as a Jamaican. Yeah. Um, born in the Bronx, New York, uh-huh. and um, raised in Miami, Florida. Um, my husband Husband and I moved to Pittsburgh in 2010 from Miami mm-hmm. um, and we just came here to raise our family when we first moved here we had three children now we have six mm. um, so we we just wanted a place that was very family oriented and would have the best schools and you know the best housing and systems and we thought that Pittsburgh would be a good place for us mm-hmm. um, growing up in Miami I was brought up by my teenage mother so my mother had me at 14 years old had my brother at 13 um and you can imagine what it's like to be brought up by a teenager it was it was a struggle at times but um my mom was always mom Um, At one point in her life, somebody stepped in and realized that she just wasn't living up to her potential. You Mm -hmm. know, she was a high school dropout. She was raising my brother and I. She had two other children, and they just realized that she could be so much more. Um, And so they grabbed us, took us to youth group. Mm -hmm. Um, Uncle Bev and Miss Anthony, you know, we're still um, tied with them. They started taking my brother and I to youth group and that changed our lives. Um, Once we started going, it brought my mom in, it brought our whole family in, and things really started changing. Um, My mother went from being this teenage mom, high school dropout, to now going back to school, She went and got her GED, then her associate. She became a teacher, became a counselor, um, and the story goes on. She just Mm -hmm. kept going to school forever. Mm -hmm. My mother was going to school. Now she's a mental health therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, She has her own practice. She's also the head of social work at the University of Miami. Go Canes. Um, (laughs) So she's doing that, and that for me was A redemption story played out right in front of me. Mm -hmm. I got to see someone who society would count out and say there's nothing left for you. But I saw people step in and say that there's more to you and her life changed, and in turn, our life changed. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think that I would be sitting in this seat doing what I'm doing, but, you know, it's kind of, it was bred in me, <laughs> Yeah. and that's where I am. And I want to be that person of somebody, so that's kind of how Hope for Tomorrow came into existence um, as far as my background
0: goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like the blessings kept on coming. I mean, even your mom, she has an amazing story. Yeah. <laughs> to be able to turn things around like that and to be able to do what she's doing right, right now, that is definitely an amazing story and it sounds like it is rubbed off on you like it, like you get like you said it rubbed off you firsthand and now you're doing all the great things that you're doing now, too. So she's definitely been an awesome element in your life, for sure. Yes. So wh- so take us a little bit further. Like um, wh- Where did you go to school as far as like college, and what did you study, and why did you decide to study that?
1: So um, I went to school at Bethany College in West Virginia, mm-hmm. um, studied biology, and that didn't last long. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually where my husband and I met. Um, and I definitely wasn't a biology student. So, um, what, so what made you go that route? Um, I always loved uh, anatomy. I okay. loved, and I wanted to be a physical therapist mm-hmm. ever since I was a young teenager. That's what I had my mindset on. Um, but when I got to college, it, it was a rude awakening. I was so far away from home. I went from Miami, diverse population, uh-huh. you know, all of that huge high school. I went to Miami Southridge High School, which is one of the best schools in the country. Okay, um, huge school. To this small college in West Virginia, mm-hmm. um, lack of diversity, I was one of I think four black girls in the college. Oh wow, um it was just very different. I met some amazing people there, some of my best friends I met at Bethany, and of course, my husband yeah. um, but it was culture shock. it was every shock there was, even the the climate you know, I went from sunny South Florida to <clears throat>
0: <laughs> yeah. Wild, wow, wonderful West Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
1: snowing, it's mountains and all of that and I just I just didn't cut it, you know. I um there were some things that hadn't been established, even as far as study skills and things like that, that weren't in me. So college, you know, it didn't work out the way that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Which in turn, everything I say always goes back to hope for tomorrow. I don't want that to be somebody's future. I want them to be prepared. Where no matter where they go, that they'll be able to succeed, succeed better than I did.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and that definitely has developed your mindset and as far as the mission that you're going after right now, which mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I think is incredible Thank that you. you're doing because the youth is definitely important. They're going to mm-hmm. be the future of tomorrow, which yeah. you know sounds like where the name kind of came for <laughs> right. came from. Right. Um, so uh, yeah, that's awesome. So, and one of the things that I felt like was definitely good in the conversation that we had before was just talking about that culture shock right. and also just the differences. You you know, from you know, going from you know the Bronx to Miami to uh, Virginia and now Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. um, and I always like, I, I always think it's very interesting when people from the outside comes into Pittsburgh and they always share their experience of the differences. I'm born and raised here in Pittsburgh, so I don't know anything else, so when other people from outside come in and say, man, it's not like this in Miami and things (laughs) like that, it's like, man, I need to get to Miami. (laughs) (laughs) I need to experience this because I feel like I'm a people person. I feel like I want to be able to connect with people, Mm -hmm. and it almost sounds like it's easier maybe in like Miami and people that I've heard from that are in like New Orleans and things like that. So... What has the experience been like for you, being from all these different areas and then coming to Pittsburgh? Because hopefully, for people from Pittsburgh that watch this right now, hopefully, maybe we can change some of that.
1: Right, so um, moving to Pittsburgh, again, I like living here, I mm-hmm. love Pittsburgh. Um, it was a huge difference than living in Miami. So growing up in Miami, um, when I was younger, there were, it was more diverse than it is today. So there were, you know, Miami's close to Cuba and all the different countries that are there and a lot of people speak Spanish, a huge Spanish culture that has taken over Miami, and I love it, I mm-hmm. love it. Um, but what I was able to see were Hispanics or Latinos were able to kinda come together and say, we want more for ourselves than what's being given right now. Um, we know that we want it, we deserve it, so we're gonna go out and get it. Mm-hmm. And they changed the face of Miami from going from you know more diverse to what it is today and a lot of people don't like that a lot of people look down on that and say um how did this happen it happened because a group of people came together and made it happen mm-hmm. um i don't necessarily see that yet here in pittsburgh um i have the fortune of working with people who they they want to collaborate and i have a, we do a lot of collaborating mm-hmm. um but until we say you know what we're going to make this happen. Mm-hmm. We're going to have separate lanes. Everyone's going to get in it, and we're all going to work together mm-hmm. to to reach this goal, to mm-hmm. fulfill a mission. Um, that that needs to happen. Yes. And again, I grew up watching that happen, and I applaud, you know, that group of people for coming together and making it happen. That's kind of one thing that I see lacking here. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side, I see that people are people. Some people do have that mindset. Um, And they are resilient and they're making it work. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, Pittsburgh is just a, I hear the background of Pittsburgh. I hear some things as far as racism and things like that. Um, I see people breaking through that. Mm -hmm. And that excites me. Yeah, That really excites me for even being an adult or with our youth. I look at them and say, you guys are going to be the game changers. You Mm -hmm. are going to be that generation that comes in and gives a whole new face to Pittsburgh. And that's exciting.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And there's a lot of good people that I you know, definitely want to shout out that are in Pittsburgh that are doing good work, that collaborates and, and things like that, mm-hmm. who've also been on the show, like venard He does a lot of great work. Yes, and I, yeah. I love the things that he does. Mm-hmm. Julius Budwright, yes. Lenard. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and if I'm missing anybody, I apologize. But you know, there's a lot of great people in the city of Pittsburgh doing great things. I
1: agree with you. So you just mentioned a couple people who I've been able to work with. Um, Julius Boatwright has his organization Still Smiling. Mm -hmm. And they've come in. He's come in to run, like, parenting classes where he's come in and and spoken to the parents. Or when we needed um, moderation where some kids were having difficulties, he was able to come in and work with them. So he has been – that's been a great partnership for us. And I'm just so – Thrilled with what he's doing mm-hmm. because um, he's tackling something that used to be taboo or m- kind of still is taboo um, African Americans and mental health mm-hmm. and he's not just saying it he's doing it and yeah. he's been beneficial to our organization mm-hmm. and then Mr. Bernard Alexander <laughs> I, <laughs> right. I can't stop singing his praises mm-hmm. um, Bernard uh, we met about a year ago he came in and he spoke with our youth and he's been one of our most remembered speakers of okay. course he's he's very dynamic um, he spoke that directly to the youth and what they needed to hear about, I believe it was their social media footprint. He talked about the digital Mm -hmm. footprint, he talked about that. Um, And he also spoke to them about where he was and where he is. Um, We had a young man who was selling Icy Cups, Mm -hmm. and he was able to talk to that young man about the Icy Cups, and that kid became the Icy Cup entrepreneur. (laughs) I mean, he he did that, and then um, on a larger scale for the organization, this year for his birthday, he decided that he wanted to donate to an organization and he chose Hope for Tomorrow. Um, It was supposed to be $46 uh, $46 from 100 people to raise $4,600. He raised almost $13,000 for Mm -hmm. the organization. Um, Through his uh, social capital, I mean, social capital, he was able to raise that money and that's a huge deal for us. That's a game changer for us. We're able to go and make so much, to get more resources and more funding based on what he did. So I never stopped singing Bernard's praises. I mean, he lit a fire in us that we were already wanting better. But he came in, and I don't know if he even realizes it, he showed us that you guys can do it. You guys yeah. can do it. All you got to do is, is use your resources, and I just can't I can't thank him yeah. enough. His birthday was our birthday. It was a celebration. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we made it our birthday. Oh, okay, um, and it was just a, a big celebration, and I'm so thankful to him. So you've had some really powerful guests. Yeah, um, even Caroline Martin. You had oh, yes. She came in, um, huge impact on our youth. Michelle Walker came in and told mm-hmm. her story. So you've had some dynamic guests, and those are again, like you said, some collaborations that we're proud of. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Also some other uh female shout outs. Uh Derek Chisholm, Shelly Hipsky, uh Natalie Benzavanga, you know, just a, a lot of great people. Uh Chalise. Like I say, if there if like if <laughs> there's somebody I forget, I apologize. Right. It's a lot of people. <laughs> but um, yeah, I you know, there's definitely people in the city of Pittsburgh mm-hmm. that are doing great things, absolutely. that wanna connect, they want to be able to build and actually do this. Not just talk about it, but actually do it and these people are actually making it happen and I I feel like it is starting to slowly start to build up and eventually it's just going to bubble over to the point where it's like hey I need to get to Pittsburgh (laughs) because they're making it happen Absolutely. and uh, and it's just been great so um, yeah just being able to build up that culture is something that I want to be able to see happen and develop more here in Pittsburgh and having people like you come in and be able to share your experience from the outside coming in and being able to build that with us as well is truly Uh, Something that I appreciate and I'm pretty sure a lot of other people appreciate too. Thank
1: you. My pleasure. Yeah,
0: absolutely So yeah, let's get into hope for tomorrow and um, what that's all about and you know, why you why you started it What inspired it um, and uh, get into that a little bit. So before we act You actually get to talking about the story But what was like the initial challenge that you would say you faced in getting this nonprofit started?
1: well I would say with me and with my husband and I with Hope for Tomorrow, we're pretty unique where we didn't set out to start a nonprofit organization. We just set out to change our block, <laughs> better yeah. our block, better, better our community. So we didn't have the challenges that I guess most people have. Our challenge was are you really ready to do this? Mm-hmm. You know, you started something, can you commit to it and and can you keep it going? That was our challenge. That was unique. I know other people face, you know, issues with funding and getting board members and all those different things. Ours was, is this our calling, mm-hmm. <laughs> and are we going to answer it?
0: Right. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And then, um, and then, so, what inspired it? Because I know you said your daughter was a, a big part of that. So, yeah. take us through the story of, you know, getting it started. Right. What was it like um, in the beginning, and then where it is today?
1: Okay. So, again, we moved to Pittsburgh in 2010. And um, where we moved in the West End, there really weren't a lot of activities for the youth outside of football and cheerleading, dance, and then our churches running their youth groups. There wasn't anything necessarily consistent for the youth to be able to join and just follow through. There's no rec center, community center, or anything like that. So we were just sending our kids out to the playground and things like that and the kids would be out fighting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there was just a lot going on. It yeah. was heavy. Um, and we had our three younger kids at the time. So we would have our kids come to the house and they'd bring kids. You know, I started coaching um, cheerleading for the the football league and the kids would come back home with mm-hmm. us. Like we were that house, you yeah. know? Um, and in that, my husband would start cooking. He, he likes to cook, okay. so he would cook. You know things from his homeland. He's from Gambia, West Africa. Okay, and he would make things like peanut butter stew, okra stew. Peanut butter stew. <laughs> I gotta try. It.
0: That's it's interesting. <laughs> okay, I gotta try this.
1: Yes, um, but he would make things like that, and the kids would kinda, you know, be fascinated by it. Uh-huh. What is that? Why are you putting peanut butter with chicken? That's not right. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've never seen that before. <laughs> and and they would they would enjoy it. But they would um learn about his culture and he would play chess with them, soccer, things like that. Um I'm a dancer. I've been a dancer since I was four years old. I would do dance with them and um our house just became the hub for all these kids. Mm-hmm. So we again continued working with the kids and more and more of them kept coming And then they started needing more. And at some point we realized we had to do more, Mm -hmm. that there was a need, we had to fill that need. The time that we realized we're gonna do this for real, we had a young lady who was about 15 years old and she was living at home with her mom who had a couple kids under her. And her boyfriend was living there, 18 year old boyfriend. She wanted to break up with the boyfriend, but her mom wouldn't allow her. Why? Because the boyfriend was helping to pay bills. He was helping to provide transportation. He was helping to care for that household. Mm. Um, and I don't look down on the mom. I, you know, It's not something I would agree with, but you have to understand that this is real life for some people. So the young lady wanted to break up, couldn't do it. She ran away from home, ran away to our house. Mm. So now we have a 15-year-old sitting on our couch saying, I don't want to go home. This is a bad situation. Um, We were able to step in, kind of moderate the situation between her and her mom, get some services and resources involved, and they were able to assist with that situation. Um, That was heartbreaking for us. Mm. You know, that was, I I think back again to, like, what I said about my mom, that this could have been my mom in this situation. Like, what's really going on right Mm. now? And at that point, we, we said okay, we got to take this to the next level because this was one situation we helped. How many more are there out there? Um, And we became intentional. Mm -hmm. Right after that, we um, became incorporated, and we started doing more work. We started getting the kids on on more of a... um, Intentional level, where you're coming to the house now. We're having a class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're doing character development right now, mm-hmm. um, and we got curriculum and started teaching it. Um, and just a, a little bit more on my background. Before I moved to Pittsburgh, my I was in the nonprofit arena. Mm-hmm. I was an early intervention counselor for a nonprofit organization. My focus was on HIV/AIDS and at-risk communities and with youth. So I was doing HIV testing, um, STD and STI testing, um, learning about co-occurring diseases and things like that. So I, my red flags, you know, I see red flags everywhere. Mm-hmm. I see risk factors everywhere. So bring this all into what's going on at that point. It was, let's, let's be intentional about this. We got incorporated. Um, we started linking up with other organizations such as Junior Achievement. Mm-hmm. We got their curriculum we start teaching these kids you know, financial literacy and more than that, what an entrepreneur is and how you can be an entrepreneur. And all of this was to keep them active, mm-hmm. to keep them busy, to give them pro-social activities to negate the negativity that's going on in the community. Um, and we just kept going. We mm-hmm. had six kids in our living room with books and folders and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it just kept growing. Yeah. <laughs> we thought once we brought the curriculum in and especially a business class, the kids would run more kids kept coming <laughs> more kids more kids more kids so we just started adding on more programming mm-hmm. went from character development um business class and we started doing health and fitness and then you know more then we had 20 kids in the house then 30 kids in the house and we, then can't, fit them all in we here. can't fit them in the house um so then we we moved on to um the local churches started opening their doors to us and we had a youth group that was running for about a good year. This was our tester. Okay. And we had about 50 to 60 kids coming out every week. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'd give them a snack. We'd have um, some of the young adults in our neighborhood. We'd train them. They'd come and be volunteers. And we just work with the kids, provide a safe haven, give them some curriculum, and give them something to do.
0: Right. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. and
1: it kept them off the streets. And after a year of doing that, is when we said okay we now we got to take it to the next level Mm -hmm. and we did and we just kept going we kept providing the curriculum we kept getting more and more volunteers um and now here we are today you know it's been eight years of doing this we um got our 501c3 about two years ago Mm -hmm. and um we've served about 200 kids in the west end neighborhood from this so yeah, that, <laughs> that's how we got started, and that's it, that's how we are where we
0: are today. That is amazing, and and one of the things that you say, I mean, not only do you keep them busy and right. keep them active, but you're actually teaching them things that a lot of people don't teach, and that is also necessary, like business and entrepreneurship, and uh, I think. Um, you're also just on Channel Eleven, right? And and, uh, and they're teaching uh, cooking classes, yeah. or and, or, and uh, getting recipes and mm-hmm. things like that. So, what take us through like some of the curriculum and and how that has changed mm-hmm. some of the lives of these uh, these kids mm-hmm. and how that's been so impactful to them and how they've been able to utilize some of this.
1: Right, right. So, um, our focus is academics and life skills. Right? So our academics, we're really working on helping these kids to learn. Um, Right now with our school system, it's a little shaky, right? (laughs) So, and I I know that firsthand. I went from being an honor roll student in high school in the inner city to going to college and not understanding anything that these professors are talking about. Um, So I know firsthand that even though you're passing, it doesn't mean you're learning.
0: Right. So we really focus on,
1: yeah, we really focus on these kids learning. So when they do get to college, you're not in a position of not knowing. So we do academics with them. We have tutoring, we have homework help and things like that, all by volunteers that come in to do that. Um, And what that has resulted in, kids who were C, D students are now honor roll students and they're actually learning mm-hmm. kids who were honor roll students are now actually learning. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. they're actually Um, retaining it. Exactly. They're truly understanding what they're being taught, um, and we can say that is a direct result of our programming. Um, As far as the life skill goes, that's where it's really exciting. So those skills, such as cooking and things like that, we have kids that went from a hot Cheeto diet
0: to... That would have been me because (laughs) I love me some hot Cheetos. And they're
1: they're creative, too. They chop up the hot Cheetos, put them on um, ramen noodles, and they got Uh themselves a meal, so... Um, we, we went from that to, you know, eating more fruits and vegetables and mm-hmm. knowing how to make a healthy snack. Even if it's as simple as a parfait, they're learning to do things like that. Or our more advanced meals, you know, we had we have full cooking classes with our partnership with Common Threads. Mm-hmm. They we're learning how to make pizza from scratch, how to make chicken, so how to know make how to make
0: pizza from scratch.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's one of our favorites. Okay. And, and and they're they're knowing how to do that. Um, and if they a lot of our kids have to care for themselves or they have to care for younger siblings, they're now able to provide a healthier meal to them. Mm-hmm. Um, other things, our character development class. We're learning the please and thank yous because mm-hmm. people are quick to say, these youth are so rude and they don't know. Well, a lot of them, they weren't taught. And a lot of them, you need reinforcement. Right. You know, a lot of us with knucklehead youth ourselves. Yeah. It takes some reinforcement and that's what we're doing. Say please, say thank you. Also hygiene, self-esteem, all those different things. We're teaching them and you can see the change in them. I love when people say, That's a hope for tomorrow, kid. Because it was that young man who held the door open for you, or it was that young lady who was able to hold herself in a different steam, a a, a different way that you knew her esteem was high and that she valued herself. I love to hear that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then one of our most exciting, our entrepreneur class. Yes. So we have some real (laughs) entrepreneurs. (laughs) You know, they used to be called hustlers. Uh Now they're being called CEOs. And I love that. Um, We have. Uh, you know one of our young ladies who's a teenager she sells hair care products Mm -hmm. and you can't tell her anything about her hair care products she Uh sells it and I love her vigor when people meet her and they say oh yeah we heard you guys sell things and she drops her business pitch, her elevator pitch, like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And she's ready to sell. And she worked on her product. She packaged it. She has her marketing materials, and she sells. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my kids, I have my oldest daughter uh, teaches dance classes. Mm-hmm. And the, the our local church, Abiding Faith, hired her to teach um, a senior a senior class, senior dance class. Um, the Father Ryan Center in McKee's Rocks had her teaching dance classes to the youth. She's getting hired places. Um, she also sells fruit juices and smoothies. Mm-hmm. And she slings those out like it's nothing. (laughs) Right, right. She's getting after (laughs) it. Yes, and she's making money. And we have, you know, a young man who's lawn cutting. We have a young lady who does nail designs and does nail. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're really finding out what are my skills? What am I good at? What am I passionate about? Can I make money as a youth? And we tell them, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. If you know how to braid hair, charge a dollar per braid and go to school and make some money before school starts. Yeah, you know, just and and you know, along with your skills, we teach them etiquette, mm-hmm. business etiquette. We teach them the financial literacy. We teach them um, profit, loss, saving, things like that. Where by the time these kids are eighteen years old, yeah, they're ready to go. Right, you know, and and that's what that's what excites us. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. This sounds like something I should have been in <laughs> when I was younger, like right. for real, because right. I was exactly, the you know, uh, in a similar situation to some of these kids as far as like being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think I told you like when I was in uh, elementary school, I went to try to sell my elementary school books. Uh, <laughs> I was a kid that, you know, I mowed your lawn, raked your yes. leaves and that type of stuff. It was my next door neighbor that I, I started out with this and I could have expanded, but I, you know, kept it small. Right. But I mean, if I had something like that, that would expand my mind maybe Mm -hmm. I would have had more insight on different things that I didn't know about that I know about today and uh yeah I mean I feel like something like that for kids that have that Mm -hmm. that that itch for entrepreneurship or want to be in business it sounds like the things that you are doing is incredible. Like I say, I'm getting excited. The younger me is like, <laughs> yeah. I should have been in this. Right. So, yeah, I think that's incredible. Good for to sure. hear. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, and what are some also the other great things that have come out of this, maybe stories or anything at all?
1: Um I mean there's so many like I just love watching our kids grow. We have kids that come in that are shy, that are bullied, um that come out of homes where they might not feel as valued and they're going out and they're making a difference in their classroom, in their neighborhoods. Um we do a lot of volunteering, a lot of community service. So we go around and we pick up litter in our in our community. Mm-hmm. Um we attend meetings where You know, I can say for one of our community meetings, a lot of African-Americans didn't show up to it. We mm-hmm. show up to it. We get our parents out to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of parents, we get our parents involved. So um, as a part of our program, parents have to be involved. It's not just a youth organization. We are a family organization. We are a, um, a village mm-hmm. is what I like to tell people. And my mm-hmm. daughter it drives her crazy. She's like, yeah. you're in this village. Yeah. It's a village. I yeah. mean it. Yeah. You know, where it's not just I see your child, but you never meet me. No, let's work together. Let me find out. Do you have a business? Let me support your business. Um, do you need information on housing? Let find someone who works in housing or let's work together mm-hmm. to build up our community and and mean that seriously yeah so we have parents that come out for our workshops and our meetings and we just teamed up with holy family institute and they'll be coming out every month and running our family our, our parent meetings so they're a, an integral part of our organization and that's big for our community mm-hmm. get our parents involved because when once you change that child you get the parents, now you're changing. You're, you're really changing that neighborhood. And that's kind of what we set out to do. That's, that's you know, the near and dear to our heart. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. That is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, the things you're doing with the, the youth and the things that they're learning is definitely important, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from the education standpoint because a lot of the things that you do, they don't get necessarily in the educational system. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't teach some of that right now. I mean, it's still... A little behind, right <laughs> um they still need to catch up on some of the things that are are happening right now, right. and uh, I feel like you're definitely teaching that um so for kids that want to you know get involved with it or or adults or people that want to volunteer, um when's the sessions and and when are when are these uh, typically happening?
1: so we're a year round program. Mm-hmm. Our new year started in June with our summer camp. Um, and our summer camp is a five day a week camp Monday through Friday nine to five Um, that's when we bring our old students back and our new students join in at that time so they get to know each other they get to meet each other they become a part of our family Mm -hmm. our new parents get to see okay what is this really what am I getting myself into Mm -hmm. and we just have fun during the summer we teach the classes that we can't necessarily do in the fall in the spring Um, we do all our field trips we do everything like that Mm -hmm. in the summer and then the year continues so right now we're taking about a month break, we'll Uh be back in September and we continue all the way through May Uh so it is a year round program during the school year, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, and we break it down every day, the kids have dinner, Uh they have their academic enrichment, they have their life skills and then social engagement, they go home with a snack the entire year um, we also have our events, so we have our business Bee, which mm-hmm. is a Jeopardy-style competition we have every fall, <laughs> okay. and it's serious. Like uh, people laugh people when we say that, no, it's dead serious. Yeah. These kids are serious about their knowledge, uh-huh. and you know we give out trophies and prizes and things, <clears throat> but it's also about their integrity. Like I learned, I studied, I'm the best, yeah. and it's just a fun time. So um, that happens every year in November, and then during the spring, we participate in the Kids of Steel Marathon, mm-hmm. and we also have our end of year banquet, so we can honor. Our our parents the volunteers and the um, community for everything that has happened so if a so to answer your question we are year-round mm-hmm. in what we do
0: and, and so how could somebody get involved yeah. um, from either do they have to enroll and, and when should they? And if some, uh, and that's as far as the youth goes. Right. And if there was an adult that maybe wanted to become mm-hmm. somebody that actually is either volunteering to be able to help out with the kids, how would uh, they go about doing that?
1: Okay, so youth parents can reach out to me at any time. Um, we do bring in new co- cohorts, and we try to, again, have them start in June. But if a parent wanted to enroll, now would be the time in the fall to get them in, um, you know, in the in, in this school year. Um, We take kids in at the 4th and 5th grade level and we keep them until their second year post-secondary. So we want to make sure that they're able to access the Pittsburgh Promise, get into whether it's college, trade school, start their own business. So we start off 4th and 5th grade. Now, if someone's child is in 7th or 8th or 10th, We kind of work with them. Mm -hmm. We don't want anyone to be left behind that wants to be a part of it. And all they have Mm -hmm. to do is contact us either through our website or email me directly or or call. Um, And as far as volunteers, that's a huge part for us because we are volunteer-based. We Mm -hmm. have about 50 volunteers in our system and we rely on our volunteers. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the same thing. A volunteer can come in at any time we offer trainings throughout the year. We get clearances done, we do that type of thing, and then get them where they're most comfortable. And a lot of people say, well, I don't have anything to offer the kids. You have something. Oh yeah, everybody's <laughs> got something. <laughs> right, yeah. you have something, whether, and people shy away, I don't want to be a business teacher. One, the curriculum, we use junior achievement curriculum, it's very simple. Mm-hmm. You come in, you read it, you'll, you'll know how to do it. And the kids kind of also work with you as well. But you might not be a business teacher, you might just be a tutor that comes in once a week, to tutor somebody on any level. Or you might be someone who attends field trips with us, or you might want to be a mentor. Um, You can come in at any level and and assist. All you have to do is contact us, either our website, Facebook, um, email, call, whatever it is, you know, put the bat signal in the the air. (laughs) Anything. The hope signal. (laughs) Contact us and come in. Um, We gladly accept anybody on any level. Um, as far as volunteers go. And again, with the parents and kids, just give us a call Mm -hmm. and we'll work with you. As long as you're committed, to our program, we are committed to you.
0: Yeah, well, that's awesome. Well, I can tell you right now, if there's anything you need, definitely let me know. I would love to help in any way uh, if you need it. Um, So moving a little bit further, um, so where do you see yourself going with this in, like, say, the next two to five years? What's maybe the big goal, big plan? Do you see the vision being even bigger than what it is right now? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Right, so that's a really good question. Um, We're actually, our board of directors, which is the best board out there, um, we're working on our strategic action plan for the next three to five years. Um, and we've been holding meetings in our community to find out what the community is looking for um- as an organization, until we get those answers, we're really looking at just keeping this program going. Mm -hmm. You know, our intention is to add new kids every year. We want to make sure that we have the financial stability to really bring the kids in at the quality that we've been providing Mm -hmm. and and raise that. So um, a lot of people have goals for us to have our own building and vans and all this stuff. And that would be pretty cool. It would be wonderful, but right now we really are focused on Let's just keep the kids going and Mm -hmm. not overextend ourselves. Let's get more volunteers in and trained. Um, And then hopefully, yeah, in five years we can have a location. As I mentioned earlier, our, our community does not have a rec center. There is no community center. So let's have a hope center where Mm -hmm. kids can come into um, and have fun and play. And then when it's time for class, let's get those classes going. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of one thing that we're really looking at in the next three to five years. And again, with the transportation, Mm -hmm. we do need transportation. Right now we were transporting 45 to 50 kids and we were relying heavily on our local churches have that happen we do need transportation so Mm -hmm. those are two huge goals that we have very lofty goals Um, but the the immediate ones are keeping our program going getting the funding needed um, to to keep the program going yeah that's it that's awesome and to have our village truly be a a village you know our intention get these kids and keep them in that's number one for us we don't want to see a kid at fourth and fifth grade and then by ninth grade we don't know where they are what they're doing where their family is we want to get them in and keep them in. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you always want to stay connected with them, and be, because, like, you, like you said, when you bring them in, they're like family. Yes. So, and and, and staying in contact with them and knowing where they're at and um, is is definitely important, and, right. and it shows that you care. Yeah. Uh, which is mo- which is the most important? Right. Um, so you know, just as we get closer to wrapping up, um, where is the best place? I know you uh, said a couple earlier, but where um, where at specifically as far as like names and things like that? Where's the best place where people can contact you?
1: Right. So our website is Hope for Tomorrow Inc. That's HopeForTomorrowInc.org. Um, they can reach us there. Also, our Facebook is pretty popping. Okay. Um, <laughs> Hope for so, Tomorrow Inc. PA, okay. um, can definitely um, message us there. We respond to that. And also to get updates on what we're doing is mostly through our Facebook. We have a Twitter account. Um, our email is info at Hope for Tomorrow, INC. I-N-C dot org they can email us there as well
0: mm-hmm. awesome and then what is a 24-hour challenge that you would propose to the audience um, that they can take effect on immediately after watching this episode because with all the great inspiration and motivation that you usually share we don't want people to walk away and not take action on some of the things that you may have shared or may have been inspired by so what's a 24-hour challenge that you would propose to the audience?
1: Okay a 24-hour challenge is to care Um, And caring to people, it it means so many different things. So you can care simply by seeing someone and saying hello to them. Mm -hmm. Um, A big care for us would be to join our 18 for 18 campaign. There we go. Um, So our 18 for 18 campaign is we were asking people to donate $18 per month for the year of 2018. Um, It's a small amount, but when you have a lot of people doing it, it, it's it's a lot. And mm-hmm. we need that. We need to have those funds to keep the program going. So if you go to our website, <laughs> yeah. um, sign up for our 18 for 18 and spread the word about that. Um, let's get... $18 a month to to save lives, change lives, create a village and sustain that village. So that's my 24-hour challenge.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And, and also to your point, I mean, you said, you know, $18 may not seem like a lot, but a lot with a lot of people can mm-hmm. do a lot. Yes. For sure. Yes. So, I mean, if a lot of people can donate that 18 or right. put in that eighteen. dollars um, it can definitely be hugely impactful. Absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. So I definitely appreciate you for being on the show. <laughs> I definitely wanna catch up in the future for sure. Because like I said before, I mean you you got a lot of things happening, a lot of things growing. I definitely would love to see, you know, the, the transportation get into effect and maybe even your own rec center and things like that. That would be awesome. The day that happens, I wanna definitely cover it. <laughs> so you, you definitely got a lot of great things coming uh happening. So I definitely appreciate you for coming through
1: my absolute pleasure awesome
0: so uh yeah now that we know what Keisha Gomez does with her 24 hours we want to know what you do with your 24 hours definitely make sure you like and comment down below if you accept that challenge if you get some good feedback or uh, inspiration or motivation definitely comment down below make sure you subscribe turn on notifications and we'll see you on the next episode